right, Joe DeCamera and John Rich. It is the new year, and it is 94 WIP. Hope everyone had a, a nice uh, respite over the last, uh, I don't know, 10 days or so since we were all together doing the show. We're going to get to this A.J. Brown audio in a moment and whether he did Gardner Minshew dirty post game with what he said. Um, but first, let me ask uh, you guys a question because I'm wondering if I was done dirty over the over the holiday break. Ooh. So if um, oh, if you bought, uh, let's just say hypothetically, <laughs> I hope John. you were. What is <laughs> it? Oh, th- thanks, John. Thanks, thanks, there, pal, friend. <laughs> so, uh, so, so I'll just turn to you now, both of you guys. So let's just say you you purchased tickets to a a concert, uh, and let's just say it happens to be oh I don't know Duran Duran. And you go down to Atlantic City over over the uh, the holiday break, and you see Duran Duran on a Friday night. Duran Duran, Duran huh? Duran, How right? About it? My girlfriend's favorite. It's her favorite band, you know. All right. Child of the '80s, and she's like in love with the uh, singer guy, the lead guy, whatever that guy's. She's in love with Simon Lebon. She. What about freaking, John Taylor? Is John she Taylor loves still him. around? Got I don't know. But uh, that right. Simon guy. All I heard about was Simon. Simon yeah. this. Simon that. All right. So, anyway, um, what would you say would be a a reasonable length of time you would want the concert to be. Now, let's just say before an encore. Like, what, what's, what's, an, what's an appropriate amount of time for a band to play before they do an encore, which was only three songs anyway? Like, well, what's reasonable? I mean, you're, you're asking a guy who loves to go to concerts. Uh-huh. I would say like three hours yeah. or something like that, yeah. that generally, right. somewhere in that range. So before the yeah. encore, right? Before the encore? Yeah, before the, I would say if the show you're starts ready? at seven, encore comes around yeah. 10 something, yeah. Encore. Before the encore, one hour and ten minutes. No. One oh, man. hour and ten minutes. Yikes. Encore, three songs, bye-bye. I think it was an hour and 26 total. <laughs> oh, man. Look, what, it would, I see bands that really? play like two sets and what each is one is that long. I mean, John, I, like, is that money back time? Like, what is this? That's really surprising to me. I was Especially disappointed. a band that's been be. around since probably like the late 70s. Yeah, I thought an hour and 10 minutes before an encore and then three songs. I'm with you, man. I thought that you are was, right to be uh, upset thought, about that. That was pretty uncool. Yeah, you got ripped off. I got ripped was, off. Was there any indication I mean, they were good. heading in like, no. hey, mini concert by Duran Duran? <laughs> A short visit <laughs> with Duran Duran. So they had to play, they played New York City on New Year's Eve. Because uh-huh. they were part of, I forget which station, one of the stations, they were featured. Uh, literally doing at least a couple songs. So maybe they just had New Year's Eve in New York City on their mind. But I'm like, what about us? Philadelphia market. You're the trap game show. Yeah, yeah, trap game. What is this nonsense? Mm. All right, 215-592-9494. What A.J. Brown said, and by the way, Duran Duran otherwise was good, but really short. Uh, What A.J. said about Gardner Minshew, we'll get to that. I mean, is this like 10, 12 songs? I mean, maybe (laughs) 15 or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was an hour and 10 minutes. I couldn't believe it. Drew in Westchester. Hello, Drew. So bad. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year, Drew. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to, like, I guess I'm going to echo a lot of the things a lot of the callers brought up already. But one thing, I want to avoid generalization. No question about it. The defense is really not to blame at all. They, they gave up zero second-half points, right? You should You should win any game where your defense gives up zero second-half points. And to me, one of the things that – we all need to recognize and kind of be cognizant of is uh, when you compare this team to, let's say the 2017, 2017 team, yep. the collect, the collective experience offensively in terms of coaching and playing experience that Reich mm. and Peterson have compared to Sirianni and Steichen is like night and day. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that, Drew. Doug Peterson had been a head coach for two years. He'd been an offense coordinator. Didn't call plays. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing. Sirianni is. 
in year two. You can't compare yeah. Doug year seven, which is what he is now, or six, whatever, to no, then he was year two guy. It's the same yeah, thing. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about collective playing and coaching experience. Oh, we'll play. Playing and coaching. Okay, so years in the league. Okay, it's, it's yeah. not comparable. And I am very concerned at this offensive brain trust ability as we – as we go forward into obviously more and more difficult playoff level competition to adjust and readjust and move the chess pieces and deal with, you know, adversity injuries. I I am very concerned about that compared to what we, you know, what Reich and Peterson brought to the table in terms of that collective years in the league experience. So I'm not nearly as concerned as you are, Drew, again, because I I've seen Sirianni do such magic this year. I, you're, about the fifth caller to come down on this side today, but I, I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself. I do. You know, well, an easy way okay. to to help solve this, Drew, would be go uh, bring Frank Reich in. This is something that we talked about a little, little bit yesterday. Frank Reich was fired. I mean, I don't know exactly how the contracts work, right. you know, like, but but I have seen other coaches after being fired get brought on. I yeah. feel like this happened with Marty Morningweg. Yeah, usually it's desperate coaches. What? I'm well, just not yeah, being honest. So, if so I'm you're Frank, saying you, if, if you're I'm Frank, Frank, you don't Frank. want it to oh, look that way? I want no part of this. No part. Think about the way uh, Nick Sirianni, when we went to Indianapolis, was just so emotional about winning that game for Frank, essentially. Yeah. How much Frank means to him. Yeah, I understand. I guess I do understand what you're saying. Like, if, if you're Frank Reich, how does that look for you and your future employment if you go and sign on as an offensive advisor right. for this? Well, here, young and here's the staff? and here's the other part. Like, John, I love your theory. I get it. You're saying call Frank Reich. I agree with you. Call him. Yeah. My point is, he probably would say no. Well, I think and he, he might has have already. called them. I, I think they have talked about possibility. Right. I, I would assume they have. You would hope so, but I, I just tend to think, look, maybe someone will ask Sirianni directly at a press conference. Hey, did you call Frank? I Rich? think it's an interesting thought. I, I I would feel great having Frank back in the fold, not not as an offensive coordinator or a play yeah, caller special or advisor guy. Yeah, special advisor. You're on the staff. You're in all those meetings where we're, you know, game planning and figuring right. out how we're going to attack a defense. Right. But you get my point. He would probably say no, right? I mean, just think of it this way. If I'm Frank Reich, what I'm doing right now is twofold. One, I'm literally resting. Like, I'm just like, yo, I've been in this grind for a while. For the most part, I'm taking two, three months off. But the one thing I am doing to work is preparing for the next cycle of NFL head coaching interviews, which, by the way, are going to begin in two weeks. Matter of fact, they're going to begin in seven days. They're going to begin in one week. And I'm going to make sure I have my staff together of my friends around the league, this guy who's a linebacker's coach for the Bucs and this guy who works for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And I got to make sure I got these guys ready to step in, offense coordinator, defensive coordinator. If I'm Frank Reich, that's my focus, not let me help the Eagles in January and in February. That's just that's just me. Uh, all right, let's well, get – can't you do both? But why? What's the point? Are you gonna, are they going to pay you three million dollars to do that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to pay three million dollars. Come in for two weeks. I'll give you you're three million. You're close. You're you're very close <laughs> with the head coach of this Eagles team, yeah. and I do think you can you know do both. I just don't think go it's an interview unlikely. while also being an advisor yeah. to yeah. the Eagles offense. Everybody staff. leave me alone. Everybody. That's that's what I would say. Everybody leave me alone. All right, let's get to AJ Brown. Um, a lot of some criticism, I'll say some slash a lot maybe I don't know. Have, has come down on A.J. Brown for 
what he said post game about Gardner Minshew's role in the interception that obviously pretty much sealed the fate when Lattimore ran it in. Uh, listen to it. Make your own assessment. Is this A.J. Brown being a bad teammate, whether it's true or untrue? Did A.J. kind of uh, sell Minshew out a little bit publicly post game? Here's what A.J. Brown said. It was initially pressed. Um, we are trying to get Gardner's attention to uh, look up, uh, but he never looked back at me. Um, the DB actually called it right out and uh, basically doubled me on the play. So. Is that one of those situations where it's just kind of you're not familiar with each other enough? I don't think that's the case. I just think uh, I just don't think he looked up. He just he saw one look and just stayed with that look. John, is that AJ doing Gardner dirty? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's he said he just didn't look up. I'm trying to communicate to him that the coverage has changed on the play. They were initially in press coverage, and we had run this play earlier, and it worked because I was singled. They were pressing me. I can always beat that because I'm gigantic and strong and fast. But now they, you know, when Miles Sanders motioned out of the backfield, Marshawn Lattimore fell off. He's no longer in press coverage. And you can see on the, the, the game that he's trying to get, to get, Marsh, uh, to, to get uh, Minshew's attention. It is bizarre that Minshew did not see the same thing that A.J. Brown did. And what A.J. AJ Brown's frustrated. He's basically saying in that interview, it's not a lack of reps between us. It's this guy didn't look up. And, see, and as a quarterback, you got to know what 22 guys are doing. It is pretty unbelievable. Right, so here's the follow-up. Seltzer, if everything Richie just said is true, and I completely believe him, that that's what happened, and A.J. Brown knows it, and if A.J. Brown is just honest about it yesterday, if he actually just told the truth, did he do the quarterback dirty? A little bit still, yeah. I, I get it, and I agree, and I, I think that's what happened. But ultimately, you know, I mean, we've seen this team all season long kind of have each other's backs, and – you know, kind of go out of their way to to defend each other and all that. And, look, we saw it last week, too, with the Darius Slate thing, with the third and 30, kind of putting it on Josiah Scott. Yep, like yep. Josiah you know, Scott made a big play Yeah, it, it just feels it like – it feels, you know, anti to the culture we've seen all season. It does. And I do wonder if Jalen Hurts were the quarterback and he hadn't looked up and seen that the coverage changed. You saw the way A.J. Brown ran that route. He, he basically was, like, walking – you know, like, I'm not running this route anymore. It's not going to work. If Jalen makes that throw, despite the coverage, does A.J. Brown fight through it and actually try to save, you know, his best friend, yep. Jalen Hurts, from making a dumb mistake? I think it's – yeah. And I think the answer is yes. I think because they try to pick each other up. And, and so there, there's a little crack in the foundation – you know, would A.J. Brown have played differently if Jalen Hurts were out there? Now, so, maybe that's a good thing. Let me ask you this question. Let's take it a step further. Let's say A.J. doesn't play it differently. He might have. Do you think he would answer it differently? Do you think he would answer it differently yeah. if it's Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I do. They're best friends. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the greatest answer. I'll say that. Even even if it's all true. I, look, I'm not going to come down. I'm not going to come down hard. They lost on, two games yeah, in a row. It, He's basically telling it like it is when a lot of times players don't tell you anything. Right. He didn't have to say any of that stuff. He could have said, hey, it was 
bad by me. You know, we we didn't communicate. That's it. You know, but yeah, it's a tough spot for a lot. It's a tough spot for an athlete, though, if it's not really his fault. I I mean, that that, I that's a tricky one. It's it's partly his fault for not running a crisper route. When your quarterback makes that dumb throw, and it was a dumb throw, not firing off, you can still fight and and run your route and try to go get it. (laughs) That's that's certainly an option, and I'm telling you. I think if Jalen Hurts had thrown the ball, I think he would have done that. All right, well, look, everyone's reaction to what A.J. Brown – like that play, but also what A.J. Brown said afterward yesterday. Do you think A.J. Brown did Gardner Minshew dirty? Even if he told the truth, did he do him dirty? 215-592-9494. Peter in Allentown. Hi, Pete. Oh, fellas, deep breath, deep breath. I, um, I, I agree with you, by the way, but go ahead. Missed, missed you guys a lot last week. Um, and John, you in particular, because I hate this letting Jalen rest. I understand why we're doing it, but when I played Mortal Kombat and you were about to finish your opponent, they said, finish him, not take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think Mr. Seriani needs to stop playing rock, paper, scissors, play a little more Mortal Kombat. We got (laughs) to get this boys. I suffer from PTSD, Philadelphia team sports disorder. I've seen this before. (laughs) Well, I'll say this. Yesterday was the first time things have felt natural and normal lately i mean oh. i i use the term unnatural the Eagles' success september october november through most of december felt unnatural in that it was so easy it was i it, it, i remember it, back it, in the it, summer yeah. calling in everybody making their predictions for this season people saying you know they're going to win 10 games 11 games we thought they were nuts we thought they were nuts look at us let's finish this thing let's not assume take things for granted that's how we lose well, you run that risk. There's no question about it. I anyway, mean, boys, happy new year. Happy Glad new year. Happy new year, Peter. All right, Peter, thanks for the phone call, buddy. Let's talk to Kevin right now. Kevin, you're on WIP. Hey, good morning, boys. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Kevin, kind of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yesterday was total bull crap. You know, I went to the game, and even with waking up with a hangover from New Year's Eve, I was more awake than that damn team. Yeah. Uh, this team looked like they passed the Saints. Um, and to all the dopes, that wanted Minshew to start over hope, uh, Hurts. I hope you guys are happy now. Um, now that we're jeopardizing, now, now we're jeopardizing our starters to, to play this week. Mm-hmm. And and to me, it's it's all it's all insane. And and if you guys think that the Giants are not going to play their starters this week, then then you guys are insane because they want revenge. What we did to them last year. I don't know. What man. we did to them. I don't think eight, they care. I they have I, the six seed. And it's locked up, and it won't change no matter what they do, whether they beat us or not. They're so, they're so looking they're looking to the postseason. So, so you don't think they're going to start the starters at all? I don't. Not even for for I mean the first half. Uh, well, I mean, they, Kevin, they I might half heartedly put a few guys out there, but but think about think about how overprotective we are of our starters once we've locked up whatever yeah. seed we're going to get for the postseason. Kevin, I just got a, a sneaky feeling the Giants are going to play all out. And and maybe I'm crazy to think, I think that. Crazy. I just – it's just – I think they're going to play all out. You know what? Doug Peterson played all out yesterday, even though that Hold game on. didn't maybe matter for them. they'll play all out, but they're not going to have Sa- Saquon Barkley going all that's, out. That's what I mean by all out. And by all out, I mean all out. You think they're going to play all their stuff? I just – I right, listen, Kevin. Hang on a second, buddy. Let me let's play the audio of Brian Dable. Here's Brian Dable yesterday. Now, there's some ambiguity here. You got to sort of figure out what his intent is. Brian Dable, the Giants coach, asked after the game yesterday. They've clinched a playoff spot. 
As John alluded to, it is purely the six seed. It's not five. It's not seven. It is six. Locked in. Um, interpret this as you will. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he lied. Maybe he's trying to be intentionally ambiguous. Um, here is Brian Dable after the game on the issue of whether the Giants will play their starters and really try to win Week 18. Any thought to if we got to pull back on some guys this week, we, I, we will or rest? No. No. Up any rest? No. No. It's not, you get rest after the season. It's a long season. This is the, <clears throat> it's the fun part of the season. You know? It's the fun part of the season when you're winning. You're I, a bad part of the season when you're losing. That sounds to me like a coach that's going to play his players. Initially, the question is, any thoughts? And he says, no, no. And that could be, that could be the end of the exchange. Like, no, I don't, I'm not making a comment on it. But then he's asked about rest, and he says no. That sounds to me like a coach who is going to play his players. Now, maybe I'm naive, but that's what I hear, John. Right? No? Am I, am I misreading that? I think, I think it's a throwaway. Okay. He's, not, maybe. he's not discussing Kevin, do you hear that the way I hear that? Yeah, it, it's all about momentum. Am I right or am I wrong? If, if, they, if they come to the link this Sunday and beat the Eagles, boy, oh, boy. How, how good are they feeling? See, that's kind of what how I, good I, are they feeling, Kevin? I appreciate the comment. See, that's kind of what I think. That's why I think Doug Peterson played his starters yesterday. For those that don't know, the Jags play their game; they win. It had no impact on whether they'll make the playoffs or not because it all comes down to Week 18 when Jacksonville takes on Tennessee. When I say no impact, with one sort of exception. The concept of momentum or the negative side, which is injury, positive, you can win, you get momentum, negative, you lose, or excuse me, negative, you have injuries. I mean, it can impact it that way. But ultimately, it comes down to Jacksonville versus Tennessee week 18. But Doug chose to play his players yesterday. It's a, it's a similar right, sort look, of thing. I would love it for the state of the game and for, this, you know, the, yep. where football exists right now. If if Dable goes out there and, and puts everyone out on, on the field for 60 minutes. I just don't I don't think it's I don't think it's rational in the way that these front offices think. Well it's not the way I think Dable goes, yeah. would want to do that. I don't think their front office wants to do that. And I think when it's all said and done, as we've seen here repeatedly, the front office tends to win out. I look I, I understand your point. I mean it's a new front office for the Giants just for what it's worth. They got a new GM also. So I, I don't know how that guy texts. I have no idea what that dude's deal is. Let's listen to it one more time. James, I'm curious your interpretation of how Brian is it a throwaway answer or is he actually giving you an indication that the Giants plan to play their players? Here's the exchange yesterday. Any thought to if we gotta pull back on some guys this week, we, I, we will or rest it. No. No. Up any rest? No. You get rest after the season. It's a long season. This is the fun part of the season. It's fun part of the season when you're winning. You're a bad part of the season when you're losing. James, what is he saying? So I I actually am with Richie in that I I understand what he's saying there. I think he's just answering the question in the moment and saying, no, no, we're not going to rest, guys, whatever. I think when he talks to Joe Shane, the GM, and they get together, I think they are going to rest players. I think they're going to come to that. Maybe they start certain guys and start the game off like they're playing. But, mm-hmm. look, I mean, we remember Doug said he wasn't going to rest players when yeah, they yeah. tanked, I right? It. I mean, right. like, we've seen it so many times where these coaches say something and then do the exact opposite thing. So I, I do think in that moment he is he is saying, no, we're not going to rest guys. I would be shocked if they don't rest. You think he was almost unprepared to answer it? I don't think he was expecting it, yeah. Yeah, first time head coach, all that stuff. It could be. I mean, I remember in Andy Reid, you know, the question, who's your quarterback, Michael Vick or Kevin Cobb? He's like, Kevin Cobb! Yep. 
And then, like, the next day, like, Michael Vick's my quarterback. So, it's, it, how many times have we uh, – I, I get Time you. after time after time. Listen, you guys could be right. I, I, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Let's go to Chris in Ocean City right now. Hi, Chris. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chris. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just a, a couple of the takeaways from yesterday. The first that I had is people are losing some serious money. Like, Minshew probably cost himself, what, like $20 million yesterday? Maybe. If he he might have. Well, even on – even on just like a three-year backup contract. And in terms of, like, I would lay off uh, A.J. Brown in terms of criticizing him because the thing with Minshew is that he's also weird. And when you're weird, that's fine, but you can't also suck. And so when you're weird and you suck, you don't get the same you know, type of allowance. Chris, it's funny. Like it's interesting you say that because I agree with you. I mean, just in the limited way we've seen Minshew publicly, I have wondered – if that's why he was traded for only a six-round draft pick. I found it very strange that a quarterback on a team-friendly deal who's a capable player, yesterday notwithstanding, got traded for only a six-rounder. And it made me wonder, is he someone that teams don't want to have as the backup guy because he's just a strange dude? I think so. And, like, for this summer, maybe he should try living in a house instead of a bus and he won't suck. Um, But, yeah, and then just, like, a couple other things. So I know people are defending Gannon. But the reason why we're so frustrated is there was a stat yesterday on the broadcast that teams were 35 of 36 versus our zone between Dak and Dalton. And we're making these guys look like all pros when they're serving up double-digit picks every other week. And so that's why it's so frustrating with Gannon. And because we have the production of our D-line, it's absurd that we're getting this type of production on the back end. And uh, just in terms of the secondary, I was curious, do you guys know, is it, is it, is it, is it personnel? Is it a combination? Because it just seems ridiculous with the personnel that we have that uh, teams are completing this high of a percentage against us. Uh, yeah, I, I think that because our safety spot is where it is. I mean, we've got Kayvon Wallace out yeah. there yep. uh, at times. And, you know, Reed Blankenship, he's he's a one-two guy. I love the way he, you know, tries and hits people and he's willing. But when you when you've got them and and Josiah Scott out there in the mix, he's Gannon's unwilling to run man as much as these cornerbacks, these starting cornerbacks, yep. the top two, are best suited. I agree. So they're trying to protect the the lesser DBs, and as a result, I think the better DBs are sort of languishing to some degree. You know, watching it was weird watching Bradbury get beaten. Yeah. Uh, now that ki- that young wideout has crazy speed, and maybe that's all you can chalk it up to. But I do feel like Darius Slay at times is not as like invested in the game. I mean, think Castellanos out there in right field, where sometimes during the regular season it's hard to stay focused. It's hard, you know, it's hard to keep your mind from wandering. When you're out there running zone, zone, zone all the time, you know it's it's just like I don't know if, well, I, if I'm a if yeah. I'm a guy who can uh, do the the I don't know go for the gold every play and and succeed. I don't want to settle for bronze. Kind of like an offensive lineman that's got a pass block when he wants to smash a guy and run block. Wow, well, I mean that is a thing. A little bit of that, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Hey, coming up, uh, the bad of the bone award, the bad version, blame balls. What went wrong yesterday? We'll get to that. We'll rock all your calls. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. <laughs> Well, Duran Duran obviously played this. 
But then they played a song and said, okay, that's it. We played enough songs. <laughs> hey, come on. John, an hour and ten minutes. Was this the last song? Was this part of the encore? They played, hold on, let me get my mind acclimated. They played a big one song, too, and I'm trying to remember if it was this one. They played one of their two or three biggest songs, the second song, and I think... I think it was this one song, too. I'm getting a little confused. Maybe someone out there uh, was down there in AC knows what I'm talking about. But I think it was the second song. And, you know, I mean, I knew five or six of the songs. Amy from Villanova knew every song. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, I mean, they're, they're a terrific band. But an hour and ten minutes? Okay, come on, man. What in the world? 215-592-9494. All right, Band of the Bone Award coming up uh, shortly. By the way, since we were last together, John, a couple notable deaths. One from the world of sports, one outside. The great Pele passed away. I mean, that was that's big. And you know what Pele could could possibly lay claim to, possibly, for a stretch of time. And there's only very few people that can that can say this. He might have for a period of time been the most famous person in the world. He might have been. He might have been the most famous person in the world. Nineteen seventy five, I don't know, sixty eight. Like Pele Ali. Like, let me ask you guys a question right now. The queen has passed away. She might have been the most famous. Who is the most famous person in the world right now? I think it was the queen. Probably I, I agree would with be you. the queen. Yeah, um, It's a great question. Because you always have your head of states, right? You have your current president, your former presidents. You got Putin. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. But who's known, who's known everywhere? I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a really good question, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. But it might McCartney. have been. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, it might have been Pele. So when someone of that stature dies, and obviously in the world of soccer, considered perhaps the greatest player of all time, maybe one of the top two or three. A lot of people now think maybe Messi has passed him. I don't know. But, you know, I'm not a soccer guy, but I grew up with a reverence for Pele just because you'd hear, like, the great Pele. Like, he's the best. So anyway, you know, God bless him. Seemed like a great guy, great humanitarian. And also Barbara Walters passing away since we were last together, which obviously is a, a big death in the world of, you know, television and, and all her contributions through all the years. So there you go. Seltzer, who was the most famous person? It's a great question. Again, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now. McCartney, Mick Jagger, a couple I that think, come to mind. I think those those are up there. Where's oh, my the Beatles Oprah's were so, you know, Where's Oprah? Jordan? Jordan's Oprah, on yep. the list for sure. I mean, Obama. Lionel Messi. Obama, I mean, you just Trump, mentioned him. He's probably Messi, on the list for right? sure. Yeah. Is, Putin, is it Putin? He's he's in the, he's in the discussion. Uh, I mean, you know? Yeah, I don't know. So, take it for what it's worth. All right, let's go to the phone. Bad of the bone of work. Who's John. the most recognized? Like everyone in the world recognizes this name. That what that, name or that, face? Both of I people mean, alive or person. Two different things. Just name and period or or alive people you're talking about. Well, the famous. Alive, here's the way. Here's the way. Famous I, person in the world alive. Yeah, yeah. Here's the way I look at. it. I think we're up to close to eight billion now. Somewhere between seven and eight billion. Let, let's just say we have eight billion people. Um, who is known by 7.7 billion people? Like who, who, like you say this person's name and they, they know who that is. Like to me, that's what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe it's messy. Might be. I mean, the rock is probably pretty high. You know, Trump is probably well, up Trump's there. Trump's up there for sure. Any, pre- yeah. any president. I mean, Trump's up there. Obama's up there. Very high. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. All right. Let's talk to Dan in Philadelphia right now. Bad of the bone award coming up shortly. Hi, Dan. Gentlemen, how are we today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Dan. I think you would have to say that Putin is probably the most famous person. Yep, in the world. I don't know about, it, but it's a shorter. I mean, he's up. No, he's up there for sure. But Everybody I don't, knows the Pope. 
Yeah, but they but, know the Pope. Do yeah. they know this specific Pope? Like, how many people could right. actually? Was it Francis? Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, yeah, how this, many people actually know I, it? This Pope wouldn't be as I, famous I, as John Paul II, who reigned for thirty yeah, years exactly. or something. Yeah, yeah. I think the Pope that just passed away wouldn't have been more recognizable. This Pope's been doing some, uh, yes, doing some things that are, are unconventional for, for the Church. So I think other people are recognizing. Anyway, that's, yep. that's what I would say. I agree. Um, hey, listen, when do we get to the point? that we're scared that the Giants are going to play their starters. <laughs> is, that, is that where we're at at this point? Because like, if that's the case, then I, I'm not even going to watch the playoffs. Like, well, the, see, here's the, Dan, here's the problem, because I'm not that scared. But I will say this. The Eagles, the own, the Eagles own injuries is, is, has made the Eagles a lesser team. Now, Hurts will solve a good chunk of that, but he won't solve Lane Johnson this week coming up. He probably won't solve Avante Maddox, as I assume Avante probably won't but play. But here's the thing: Gardner he Johnson kind of solve some of Lane it, Johnson some of it, a little bit, some, some. We're, we're still a better team in town than the Giants. And if we're course. scared of their starters, yeah, I, I guess there's there's uh, variables like we don't want certain players to get hurt or whatever. But we need this game, and we have to play all out, and that's our fault for losing the past two games. So we put ourselves in this position. So they have to play, whether it's their starters or the backups, and if they can't beat the Giants starters with our best players out there, then there's really no need to go into the playoffs, right? I mean, if, if, that's, if that's where we put our barometer at is we are a little bit below the New York Giants starters that somehow got into the playoffs just because of this. Look, I think to your point, Dan, I'll say it another way, what you're saying. I think some callers are panicking. Unnecessarily. Yeah. I am I am not worried uh, whether whether they play their starters or not. Like, I don't think they will play their starters, but I know that. I mean, how long ago was it? We just faced them like a month ago. Uh, we, we will have not our full uh, team that that we had at that point in time, but I am damn sure we're going to have our quarterback, which I you know I think it's must play Jalen Hurts time, obviously, because we have to get this. To win the Super Bowl, we must win this game. Everyone acknowledges that, and so Jalen will be out there, and that changes a lot. I, the line, the line that's been set by Vegas, 13, 13 and a half, 14 points. I think that says a lot, even though I, I don't know how they arrive at these things. But well, that, clearly that does that's, mean something. Well, that's a line clearly indicating that the odds makers do not believe the Giants will play their players. Because if the odds makers thought the Giants would play their players and thought Jalen Hurts would come back, but the Eagles won't get many other injured reinforcements, the line would probably be set at about seven. I was gonna say like a touchdown. Yeah. Like that. You know, and when you see a two touchdown line, that is the odds makers saying Giants aren't playing their players. And and maybe they're right. But maybe they're not. I don't know. Well, We'll probably know in the next day or two. All right, let's get to, as we do every single Monday at this time, after a win or after a loss, incredibly it's got the same name, the Bad of the Bone Award. Yeah, but in this case, this is bad, bad, not bad, good. Like, oh, he's tough. He's a bad man. Mike Tyson was a bad man. Well, this is like, like, no, they played bad. John Ritchie, you got first crack at it. There certainly are some notable candidates for a blame ball from yesterday. Yeah. 
the blame ball for me is the obvious one. Uh, Gardner <laughs> Minshew was was really bad, and and we had a caller earlier say he cost himself what twenty million bucks. I think he cost himself a lot more than that because I think there were people around this league who thought that this guy could be a starter, who could win in this league, and you know maybe he could in a completely different offense that's built around his skill set. But what we did yesterday try to make him play the Jalen Hurts style offense proved to be such a dramatic failure and just I I do think it was a bit unfair asking him to pretend to be Jalen Hurts out there you know run the the ride and decide and pull it and you know roll out and choose to maybe gain the edge yourself or throw to the flat like there's a lot going on there and and he proved completely unworthy to the task he was you know the rating uh rating was a a passer rating of 82 I think that is somehow generous because I think that sounds a lot better than what it looked like well it doesn't take into account sacks some of which weren't his fault but sometimes where you'd like to see him throw the ball away or if a guy had wheels get away from that and not have it be a sack passer rating is really not nearly enough, uh, and that's why the QBR is considered the more mm-hmm. prominent stat these days. Because passer rating QBR, I'm gonna look, check out his QBR. Yeah, that would probably be Had a lot. Be yeah, that would be lower. All right, Seltzer, Blaine Ball, where, where are we going here? Yeah, sometimes they're just obvious ones, and and Gardner is definitely the most obvious. But but right there with him is the coaching. Sirianni and Steichen had a bad day, and I understand. I, I'm not where people are like totally doubting the guys and all that, but. To go into this game and, and have that scheme with Gardner Minshew as your quarterback, to Richie's point, he's not Jalen Hurts. He can't do the same things Hurts does. Get him comfortable. Run the ball a little bit. Throw some screens. Throw some short passes. Do something to just move the ball a little bit. Get him comfortable. Get him in. I thought they came in with just the absolute wrong game plan for this game. All right, so here's the problem. This might be the first time ever. I, I don't know where to go with the blame ball because I think you guys nailed There were only two as far as I was concerned. I mean – Line, O-line maybe? I mean, Driscoll, but then you're just picking on the guy that's not supposed to be that good anyway. I no, actually, he's supposed to be pretty good. Supposed they, to be they, better than they that. They told us they had a lot of confidence in him. He was not great at all. Uh, See, here's he the thing. the weak link. I think about Driscoll, I think about Malata, and I also think about team leadership. I know that's just a nebulous, you know, thing. It's not a person, but was the team ready to go? Did A.J. Brown answer the question right at the postgame? You know, I, I look, I'll say Driscoll because I expected him to be better, and I thought he was really pr- pretty dreadful, frankly. Mm-hmm. But clearly Minshew, I mean, clearly. I mean, well, we all should have just gone Minshew. We should have gone around the room and said, Minshew, <laughs> Minshew, well, Minshew, but, but boom. I, but I'll say this, James. The coaches were, were pretty damn bad they also were. on they offense. Were. I mean, guys, they, they obviously did not want to run Miles Sanders much. He was only in there for about, what, 20 plays or something. So they clearly went into the game. Let me look up the plays. I know it wasn't much. Uh, the amount of plays yesterday for Eagles starting running back uh, Miles Sanders 22. was 22. So they ob- so obviously with the knee brace, they, they don't want to tax him at this stage. Like, okay, I'll actually say okay to that. Boston Scott, hello? My, uh, the, uh, the, Kenny, Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell, hello? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. I mean, look at the at the at the box score, and you don't have to look at the box score to have a general sense, but to get the official sense. Boston Scott two carries, six yards, and then Gainwell obviously one carry for a touchdown didn't count. 
Yeah. Bring it back. Otherwise, no carries. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Like, me. think about that. Yeah. Guy gets like a 20, 25-yard touchdown that should have counted. It's pulled back. Otherwise, doesn't get a carry. See, that's where, James, I hear you. It's a lot of Minshew. But the coaches had a pretty good hand on it also, man. The okay, w- so the 15 rushes. 15 rushes. That I, I understand. It needs to be more. And the call it and, and just run it runs seem to be completely out of our offense at this point. That's a huge mistake, huge mistake. Yeah. But does anyone think it's possible that that that's a smart defense over there? You know, New Orleans, they got a they got a head coach who's like a defensive coordinator. Does anyone feel like it's possible people are catching up? Like I know it would look yes, different possible. and I know so, like a lot of those first downs would have been gained if it were Jalen Hurts that gives us more plays that gives us more production but like what if this is the moment we've all been dreading where defenses are now able to dictate to us what we're going to do yeah because they understand the RPO and the read option and everything that goes into it they've had a whole season to work up these plans, and they know, okay, if we put this many guys in the box, we know they will not run it because they it's, it's a numbers game. They count it up, and they say, okay, there's nine defenders. There's no way we can block all those guys, so we will pass. We'll go to option two, and then you bail all those guys out of the box anyway. Right. Like what? Look, I don't – okay, so maybe. A harbinger of bad things to come. Yeah, I tend to think no. I think it's – I think it's – Addressed by the you know the, return of Jalen Hurts, yeah, but it's possible. I, it's I, it's hard to judge it that way. I mean, Gardner is. just can't do what Jalen can do. You know, which so of is, course they can play the defense differently because they know he can't. Correct. Which I agree with you, James. Which yeah. is fundamentally John's point from five minutes ago or ten minutes ago. Why did the Eagles ask him to run that kind of offense? I I agree with I agree with you. Let's go to Tom right now. Tom, you're on WIP. Hey guys, how you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. Man. I- I, 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 you know, usually like some small talk, but this game was really annoying. And the yeah. only small talk I want to give is Depeche Mode is better in concert than uh, Duran Duran. <laughs> Apparently. That's what I found out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this, this game felt like I was watching some 2020 Carson Wentz game, where it was sort of not only boring a bit, but a bit depressing too. Yeah, and I agree. Sluggish. And I've got to say that A.J. Brown, his comment, I wonder if – you don't have Darius Slay who's sort of covering for himself by passing the buck. I mean, I'm not saying that Darius Slay in the previous week wasn't – you know, that he was at fault fully, but he could have maybe played a role. In this case, A.J. Brown, again, I feel like he was – he was right, I'm sure, in his criticism. But at the same time, if you look at after that pick six, if you watch him try to wrap up, it was pathetic. If you call that a tackle, it almost looked like he was patting him on the bum. Well, by the time by the time Lattimore had the ball, I think the play was over. There's no, I don't think there he could really get him. I mean, Lattimore jumped it so cleanly. The question isn't. I don't think the question is could AJ Brown have tackled him. The question is could AJ Brown have run harder out of the gate to prevent Lattimore from catching it so cleanly. No, I hear you on that, but I will tell you in the in the replay, I saw AJ Brown. It looked to me as though his hands were around Lattimore's waist. So I'll, I'll go I, back I and look Maybe at it. Maybe exaggerated. Yeah, oh, uh, he was. Okay. he was. He was basically stopped. Like he was walking 
the route because he thought it wasn't coming his way. Lattimore's running full speed the other direction. There is a moment where it looks like he's reaching out and, and trying to wrap his arms around him. But it was just like the momentum going toward the end zone by Lattimore and his complete lack of momentum made it just like an instant it looked bad instantaneously. It looked bad for AJ period because he wasn't going full speed, but he did not have a chance to bring him down. That's so, for sure. so basically, AJ Brown Brown looked really weak in that play. He looked like a he looked he, like he was he quit on the play and he given up. He quit on the he play. quit on the okay. play, but it was a play that should not have come his way. Right now, I've got one more thing to say about that. The about a slightly different thing, and that's the this game planning. The game planning really, really uh, bothered me. And we've talked a bit about the running, and I think that you guys are right on. And uh, I hadn't even thought about the saving Sanders, but you're probably right. And I also like your counter criticism. However, Driscoll sucks against the pass. He's never been good against the pass. He's lousy against it. And Jalen Hurts also likes rolling to his right, and that's a concern of mine. So I'd like to you guys to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, listen, Tom, here, I appreciate the call. It's a good call. Here's the reality. Lane Johnson in the playoffs is going to try to play and probably will play. But, John, there's the how effective will he be thing. I mean, you know, we don't know. So, yeah, it's very possible and that can Lane he last? Johnson tries to come back last, yeah. and he is worse than Driscoll because this injury sounds like it's pretty devastating. And so then we're right back to Driscoll. And if that's the case, you're going to have to have more guys over there. You're, right. If you, if you want your quarterback to roll out to the right, you're going to have to have back over there every time or a tight end lined up over there to help Driscoll out. And yeah, it changes everything. John, since my groin injury uh, about three years ago, how many athletes have had a similar thing? It's, it's happened quite a bit now. You think you've said it, Trent? I think I might have. Yeah. Uh, it it does happen <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. And groins are are brutal. I mean, you you can't move. It's all about quickness and lateral movement and and, and being able to match someone's you know jukes. And you yeah. can't. For me, it's all about getting in and out of a seat, and then occasionally a fantasy camp trying to just get down to first base, maybe make a left hand turn and try to get to second base. But otherwise, it's you know not easy, man. Yeah. It's uh, so you know it it, it is. Um, Lane Johnson's amazing. And the the stats of when he plays, they win, and when he doesn't play, they lose. Those numbers are remarkable. Yeah. Remarkable uh, numbers. He's he's outstanding. And Nick Sirianni has said several times after you know, this week and after the game even, that he's the best tackle in the NFL. Not right tackle, just tackle in the NFL. You know, I, I have seen what I am worried about with Lane. It does sound like he's going to be back for the postseason and he's going to play. You know, I have been on teams with guys with groin yep. issues where they shoot it up mm -hmm. before every game. And when that happens, you feel fine. You know, like I haven't done it myself, mm -hmm. but the guys, you know, you're numb. You don't have any of that pain. But then. How much do you damage it sure. every game when you go out there with a numb groin yeah. to where the next week I'm positive it's worse, and then the week after that and the right. week after that. So right now, you know, we're hoping for three games yeah. that Lane has to play. By that third game, how destroyed sure. is it down there? Can he still be functional? How many times do you think you got shot up in your career? Oh, a lot. Good is question. It, it was how, many, how, many how many times a year? Oh, boy. 
are we including draining? I mean, no. is a needle, if a needle No, different category. So give me total. I would, yeah, yeah, they're shooting something into you, into not you. taking something out. Yeah. How many times? Uh, Rough estimation. 20, uh, 30 times? Career? Not year. Not no, per year. year. 30 whoa. times a year. Yeah. Whoa. Because. That's a big whoa, James. I was well, expecting a lot less. Because now, well, now it's only supposed all, to happen like three times yeah, a year, right? You got no. Three, hold on, you got to remember. Well, there are different things. Different things. Different things you can get shot up. Talk with. to me. Talk to me. Yeah, you. A lot of guys would get Toradol shots. Okay. Now uh, that I don't know. Cortisone, do I think, anymore. is the one you can only do the three the times three a year. I believe. Okay. Well, they they didn't used to know that. No, I know. It's <laughs> it's what's currently recommended. I, so how many times a year would you get the cortisol? Uh, cortisol, yeah. Uh, not It wouldn't be every year, but in a, I don't know, given year, couple, two, three, okay. four. All right. That's wild, man. Joe Cameron and John Ritchie. Well, the Eagles, man, they uh, they they laid an egg yesterday. And because of that, they got to play the starters in week 18. And they, they got to win the game if they want that one seed. I mean, basically. And I know Dallas could lose and all that. But it's a pretty damn important game. We'll continue to talk about it. Look back to yesterday. Joe Cameron and John Ritchie on WIP.